Puppy Pee Pee Palace, it's Pomoys! Dog Dad Edition. That's right. Dog Dad Edition. Just a couple, just, uh, just a couple dog dads. Um, one. Some dog dads just, you know, struggling, raising some pups. There's going to be puppy noise throughout this. Uh, I thought that she was tired, but then she just decided not to be. Oh, that's, yeah, that's a, that's a part of being a dog dad is you, um, think that you really tucker them out and then they just, they have a little burst of energy before they take a little, little nap. Yeah, sure, sure. Well, joke's on her because I'm about to, after I talk to you, is my weekly call everyone in my family and she's going to be hanging out with me outside for that. And there's a heat advisory. It's fine. I'm a good puppy dad. Star Wars, Star Wars, Star Wars. Oh, no. Um, um, listener, listeners, Josh is, like, for those of you that are concerned, Josh is a very good dog dad. He you don't know that. takes very good care of things that are inanimate, um, that are not real, um, such as his comics and his paintings. In, and that And that's, that's not a real thing. So Josh is a very good dog dad. He would not do that. Um, just just so everybody's aware. Um, po boys. Uh, what's up? Um, well, look, let's recap. Rama continues. Um, I want to get the ugly out of the way. I've I've come to terms with it. I've moved past it. We haven't really spoken about it. But I want to get it out of the way now and kind of tear off the Band-Aid and hopefully it'll just kind of rejuvenate and refresh us for the duration of the rest of the podcast. I mean, tear Um, tear it off and the pipes open. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? And then Mm -hmm. you can go from the Autumn Mountains to Toad Town for sure. All right. So uh, just tear tear that off. As some listeners may have uh, divined from offhanded comments we've made, in the past, Pete and I alternate editing episodes of the podcast. So that includes, like, like it's just one week on, one week off. So, like, this week's Pete's week. So I'm going to talk. I'm going to have this conversation, and then I'm done for the week. I don't name it. I don't edit it. I don't write the description. I don't do nothing. I'm done. I'm flip. And so for the beginning of Recaparama, I edited the first episode, which was on Summer's Episode 9, um, I believe we called it 2020 Recap Rama in July week one, episode nine. And then I sent my audio over to Pete from Mandalorian, and I log on you know, this week to upload episode three of Recap Rama. And I see, oh, what, what's the second episode called? Oh, 2020, uh, you know, Recap Rama in July week two, The Mandalorian. I'm sorry. We're just going to drive by. Recap a Rama and DeLorean. This is all right. So we're just gonna drive by. Recap a Rama and DeLorean. Josh and listeners out there, um, were you were you, you eating at the wheel? One that's rude. Okay, I always have both hands on ten and two. Really on six, but let's. 
Sorry? Two hands on six. <laughs> um, one thumb on six. Um, okay. I'm usually, uh, I have my, my knees at four and eight and my elbows at two and ten. You know my knees can't get up to, to four and eight, all right? Mm-hmm. I got, and for, I do, I of course, do the uh, cruise control, so feet are off the ground. Oh, I do standard shift with my knee um, going uphill both ways. Mm-hmm. So, hey, Josh, I mean, this is something you don't have to clown me in front of our hundreds and hundreds of listeners. Recap a Raw Mandalorian. I mean, that's pretty good. I know. I put it in the name of my audio file that I sent you. And I was like, oh. I, surely I don't have to tell Pete. Let's call it Recap, recap a Raw Mandalorian. Well, clearly you did, because I do not read yeah. any of your stuff. I just... It's th- the name of the file! Yeah, I don't read it. I just download and throw Oy. it in to start editing it. Oy. I'm so sorry, listeners. Uh, we let you down. In more ways than one. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes I look at the stats, and I'm like, how many episodes have we done? How many listeners do we have? I don't understand. And then I think... We named it Week 2 Mandalorian, not Recap Around Mandalorian, and I understand. So there's this big conversation that's happening. Josh and I are both in the U.S., and it's a question of, you know, what is the thing that's going to have somebody vote for the presidential election? Like, is it going to be the coronavirus? Is it going to be um, the economy? Um, Is it going to be these Confederate statues that our president seems to be so concerned about? And Josh, it sounds like you think that there are single no, issue no. po'boy listeners that are drawn to the title of our episodes. And then there's just scores and scores and scores of people that are going to be like, oh, recap a Mandalorian. That's great. Recap a raw Mandalorian. Yeah, that's I mean, it's really good. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> what a missed opportunity. You know, and I can't wait. I can't. I can't wait to listen to this whole discourse again when I edit the podcast this week. Thank you. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you for that, Josh. Whether or not you want to edit out the the squeaky puppy toy sounds or not. Oh, I can't hear it. Oh, that's good. I'm sure the mic can, though. Don't worry. Um, the so star celebration was postponed after much, uh, much ado, much delay. And is it, well, they, much, much hoopla. Say, yeah, people say canceled, but I mean, they, you know, it's happening in 2022. To my mind, it just is is delayed. I still haven't um, moved my tickets to that year. I need to get on that. Uh, but some listeners also might remember that um, I went to I, I bought tickets to several tours uh, for bands I really wanted to see out of town because Several bands I like were playing near me when I was going to be gone for Star Celebration. And so it was a very tangled web where things were being rescheduled and unscheduled and moved around. And they're all now officially not happening. So So, Ramstein has rescheduled their tour. I am not going to go out of town next year because I don't think I'll have to. Uh-huh. Though the date that is going to be nearest to me was just flat out canceled. I don't know. It's over. I got a refund. It's over. So whatever the heck happens this uh, Labor Day weekend, I guess, is when it would have been. Uh-huh. Well, it better be good. <laughs> <laughs> those two 
better be real good and not even a little boring. And actually, I actually do know what's happening now that I'm looking at my calendar. So I better be have fine. a good time. Yeah. I pay good. And it looks like I'll actually be moving that weekend, so. I pay good okay. money for this, so I better be having a good time. It's not about the money. It's about I wanted to go see Ramstein. Do you have any idea how much fire they have at their shows? It's crazy. He has, oh. like, flamethrower gauntlets. I can't even picture that. Oh. oh, you know what that looks, that reminds me of is, um. Iron Man? No, like, the people that try to recreate Avatar, The Last Airbender, and they do their own little firebending thing. That's what that reminds me of. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> so do you, uh, do you have anything else before we get into this? Um, I had something, but honestly, this um, lambasting of my editing chops <laughs> has kind of thrown me through um, a little bit of a tizzy. Um, yeah, good luck sleeping tonight. For sure, for sure. So, Josh, when you, what are you, I take it that you are, are very liquid. You're coming into some cash. Um, are you just going to save that? I don't that? know why you would think that. <laughs> well, you got refunded oh, from, for, the refunds? from the refunds. I'm, tra- yeah, I'm trying to okay. have, I'm trying to listen to you and, you know, have a conversation. No, okay. um, That's nice. Cause <laughs> let me tell you, editing last week's episode, boy, it would have been good to have some of that. Uh, yeah. Okay. Oh coming into my God. refund cash. <laughs> Next, look, we're going to get into all this a lot next week. The grand finale to recap Arama oh, is going to be very good. Unless you like Star Wars, then it will be very no, good. No, I mean, it's 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 something that is, it's been, it's been coming to a head for a while now, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. It's, it's basically, if, you, if you're a fan of any sports team, you look on the schedule and then there's two heavyweight champs going toe to toe. It's something that, honestly, listeners, is you want to um, star it, circle it on your calendar, because not this week's, the last week of July in our recap yeah. Rama. It's 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 something it's something to talk about. You know, yeah. it's a, it's a had, it's water cooler talk. Sure, we had previously talked about it. Our, our last episode being we were going to talk about the sequel trilogy like as a whole nope. now that it's over. No, thank you. <clears throat> nope. That's not good. Lame. Yeah, it's over. Why do we want to talk about it? Yeah. What have you done yeah. for me lately, Star Wars? Ugh. And quite frankly, not a lot. I haven't been paying a lot of attention to Star Wars. I mean, Bad Batch news. I still like Star Wars, don't worry. But it hasn't been. I, I have not. Was have Bad Batch last Star week? Oh, yeah. That's when we were. No, we, the announcement. Yeah, yeah. We, were, you, we were really topical about that. Yeah, pretty topical. Have you Star Wars at all this week? Uh, have I Star Wars this week? No. Word, word. Um, um, I, I'm I very invested you, in Paper Mario and the Origami King. So is it good? It's all right. I mean. Yeah, you know, as 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 we get older, um, you know, you have to divorce yourself and realize these games are meant for like eight to twelve year olds. Um, so well, I saw Star Wars, so works out. No, Star Wars is for adults. It's Star Wars is for cool <laughs> Star people. Star Wars is for adult white men. Yeah, Star Wars is for adult white men, and it's not for anybody else. Um, 
Yeah, I I think I texted you earlier this week. I think my next like Star Wars thing, albeit one I'm pretty excited for, is that they're gonna release that Rise of Kylo Ren comic book, that four issue comic book by uh, Charles Soule, is is finally coming out in trade. So I'd read the first issue of that when it came out. It uh-huh. came out the same day. Ah! Put that down. It came out. <sighs> The first issue came out the same day as Star Wars Episode Nine, uh, and a bunch of comic books came out that week. And that was actually the last week I regularly bought individual comic books at the comic book store. So I haven't read Rise of Kylo Ren yet, but all four issues are being collected in trade paperback. That's coming out, um, I, I think, next week uh-huh. as of when this podcast airs. So I'll be reading that. I'm pretty excited for that. I I mean I'm still going through Alphabet Squadron. Um, okay. I, I'm in this really weird spot where I'm still I, and listeners um, I'm I'm during the year I'm a teacher um, my my sleeping schedule has been so messed up with Corona and I just as soon as I read um, I as soon as I read like a chapter I just fall asleep <laughs> and it's not like it's bad or anything it's just like I read well, I mean they say to read reading helps you go to sleep I mean that's something that they will recommend I mean even good reading you know it still calms your mind yeah so I'm I'm reading it and I'm like <laughs> and then I'm like oh shoot I guess I have to read that same thing over again it's like oh <laughs> so it's it's been slow it's been slow going for me so far yeah, well, you'll have to report back when you finally finish that. I saw that there's going to be a Mandalorian book, but I don't... I guess it's a novel set within that section of Star Wars. It comes out in December. Uh-huh. Uh, it didn't... Because it caught my eye when I was browsing stuff on Amazon. I was trying to figure out whether or not it was going to be like a novelization or not. Uh-huh. But it sounds like it's a novel just involving some of those characters, but I don't think they've announced exactly what yet. So I won't read it cause I never read anything. I mean, I'll probably check out high Republic just to give it a go, but yeah, yeah I mean, it looks like there's high Republic definitely sounds like high, high Republic definitely sounds like a, Oh no, we have nothing to do in June or July of next year. <laughs> For the pod. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, you know, it could potentially be great. Uh, I think a lot of my issues with when the when I read Star Wars books is that they kind of tend to have an identity crisis as to how Star Wars they can be, like how much they can touch on stuff that people want to read about in terms of Star Wars. But, I mean, to me, it sounds like the whole point of this High Republic publishing line is that it's wide open and that they're not going to, you know have big giant movies or, you know, things like that, that they're going to have to worry about. And the books can, you know, be huge and do giant events. And, you know, the destruction of the Death Star, so to speak, can happen in the book rather than being alluded to, you know? Interesting. Yeah. I mean, for me, I'm just so jaded in terms of Disney. So I'm like, High Republic, all right? New video game, new comic book series, maybe new TV show. Um... You know, all X, Y, and Z. I think I'd be fine with High Republic. I, you know what? I, I, I take that back. I would be disappointed if High Republic is just book only. Um, 
I, well, I think to start, it's going to be book and comic, but I mean, I'm sure if it's successful, it'll probably move into other stuff. You never know. Yeah, but, um, but I, I think mean, there's something to be said for committing to the medium, you know? Yeah, like, because I think that's when stuff can get a little diluted. Because a lot of people, a lot of listeners are like, P Josh, P Josh, why don't you have a YouTube account? Why don't you post, you know? little vlogs and stuff and we say time and time again it's our Mm -hmm. commitment to the medium of podcasting that's why we're Mm -hmm. not doing it Mm -hmm. all right it's not it's not like we tried to do that once and then josh kept saying expletives so that i wouldn't load up the video of the one time we did a zoom episode and i gestured them and so um we have a commitment to the medium of podcasting. We are podcasters. It's the first thing in our resumes. Podcasters, swole boys, and mm-hmm. innovators Committed. ahead of our time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so recap week four. Wow. I can't you believe we're already can. here. Did you have something else? No, um, I just, it's, it's just, it's been a, honestly, some, some people might say, oh, this is a really boring month. I can't believe we're doing this. But for me, I'm like, wow, we, you know, we did resistance. We did episode nine. We did something else. And now we're doing this. Pay attention to us, please. Yeah. All right. So Josh, we are doing recaparama. Do you have a, a, a quirky little fun name for this episode no oh okay well let me know if you do um i'll read the title (laughs) um no promises though obviously sure um so this week we're covering clone wars um which is a big one because yeah we are you know hashtag tono boys um i would say of the four things we're reviewing, this would be the second most emotionally gripping of the finales. Um, oh, number one with a bullet for me. Yeah, I mean, I was, I, I had much more of um, a visceral reaction to the "Be with Me" stuff from Episode Nine. We've, you know, we're not going to hash out that stuff, um, but I was kind of shocked at, and obviously, spoilers for Clone Wars, everyone. Um, the order 66 was like a gut punch and it really was um there was parts like if i looked back and i was just told like two years ago here's the play-by-play here's the here's the beat of what happened i'd be like that episode sucks like i don't (laughs) i don't get ahsoka like where she goes ends up i don't get the like heartfelt goodbye i don't get the conversation about rex and ahsoka having to split i don't get anything about rex finding wolf and gregor none of that stuff but you know fast forward to when i you know i actually watched it i'm like i i was not talking and i was just the music and the action just had me like you didn't know what was going to happen next even though you did know it was going to happen yeah, which is the mark of some excellent storytelling. And I, yeah, I totally agree with being surprised by how affected I was by Order 66. Because, I mean, that Order 66 has been an inevitability 
since the trailer for the Clone Wars movie was released. You know, by that point, Episode 3 was already out, so Order 66 has always been there. We've seen it done. We've all made jokes about them going out like punks. Ayla Sakura just kind of going, ah! You know, and it's it's not that emotional in, in the movie, or at least it is not... Oh, see, I disagree. Know, I disagree. Really? I think, okay. I think it's Order 66... At least, like now, with this, is all honestly on the same level of gets your attention and has the ability to induce emotion, like a Vader mm-hmm. showing up in Rogue One or Vader showing up in Rebels, because you know what's happening, you know the music shows that some terrible, terrible things are going to happen. And it just puts you on edge because you know you know something bad is going to happen. You know something bad's going to happen, and then boom, it happens. And I I feel like we've now come to a point where that is what happens with Order sixty six because we've now had two additions to it, which was um, Fallen Order, which you know was mm-hmm. a, a highlight of that video game was the Order sixty six scene, and then this one too Absolutely. of just the pain of what's happening to Ahsoka and then the pain of, you know, Rex being like, got to kill them all, got to kill them all. And Ahsoka being like, listen, I understand you're going through some stuff. I'm not, they're going to die. I'm not going to be the one that kills them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and so to my, you know, narratively order 66 is always distressing. Uh, just to me, cinematically, it does not, it is not filmed in such a way that it, it really hits me emotionally. But, and part of it, I, maybe it's just the fact that it's a montage, but, you know, when Order 66 happens in that third episode of that last arc of Clone Wars, I mean, it, it upset me. And I think a big part of it is, if you're going just off of the movies, the clones really don't get that much personality. No, they get zero personality. You know, right. Yeah. I mean, you get the impression that Cody and Obi-Wan are friendly, Familial, but you know, you, there's no, yeah, there's no oomph, is it like when when Rex and Ahsoka go through all that, yeah. So, in um, Josh, in kind of hmm? for you, all right. So now that we've watched Clone Wars and we've had some connection to some of the Jedi from Episode Three that we see die, like you know Plo Koon, we get to see a lot more of him in Clone Wars. We don't see that much of Ayla Sakura. She gets like one arc, and then. Um, we don't see and Addie Gallia gets killed in Clone Wars and then whoever her replacement is do we ever really see her at all in the in the show I don't believe so because I mean she she gets killed very late in the game that's season five that she ends up right but uh, remember she gets killed and then you just literally give a replacement like a stunt double right that's in yeah, in Revenge of the Sith, yeah. yeah. There's a, you know, a similar, the same species or whatever. Um, yeah. But for you, that you're saying that even having that background, because for me, I can't watch episode three now without, you know, everything I know about Clone Wars. You're saying that it still doesn't, it still has the same kind of lack of importance getting punked as, as it always has? Yeah, I mean, I you know, I'll joke about, like, oh, ha, getting punked. I, I can watch it and understand that it's 
upsetting. And I'm not one of those people that's whining like, oh, the Jedi are wimps, and they would have done this, they would have done that. Um, but, yeah, it, you and I are, are, I think one thing I've learned from discussing Star Wars, of course, this podcast, is that uh, you do a, a better job of looking at the entire scope of all that is Star Wars and, and can uh, funnel feelings and and things from from one facet of stars into another nothing about clone wars has essentially totally rewritten how i feel about revenge of the sith because revenge i mean it's it's its own entity and it will always be its own movie every time i watch the revenge of the sith i'm watching revenge of the sith Mm -hmm. and i can intellectually know oh just off screen ahsoka's holograms there and mace windu and yoda are gonna go talk to her but that doesn't happen in the movie. And the movie, to me, has to stand on its own feet. Any given story, any given chapter of, you know, you know, an episode of Clone Wars has to stand on its own feet. An epi- a movie has to stand on its own feet. A comic book miniseries it has, to, it has to stand on its own feet to me. And so while I can, you know, appreciate what they bring to the fold, mm-hmm. like there's a Captain Phasma miniseries that explains how she escaped at the end of episode seven, how she escaped Starkiller base, how she covered her tracks for letting down the shield and all that. And so within the context of reading that miniseries, I can appreciate it, but I'm not watching last Jedi being like, Oh, but she's back because this, because while it is all on the Pablo Hidalgo level, one narrative, uh, to me, I just, you know, it's important that a thing stand on its own. Well, you, which is like a big part of why Rise of Skywalker novelization is not going to help me with that Rise of Skywalker movie because the movie's the movie. I am actually very curious to hear your thoughts. Maybe we can do a book boys sometime of that Phasma comic series because I'm never gonna, I'm never gonna read it. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, you know what we could do? We could do um, Pubway Theater for it once. Give our give our fans um, that. Yeah. Yeah, one of these days we'll have to do another one of those. Um, that might be a classic Po'boy Theater um, option. Boy, we haven't done Po'boy Theater in a while. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I, I really wanted to, anytime we touch on Clone Wars, I really want to make sure that I bring my A game. And so I was doing a lot of thinking going into all this and came up with some talking points and stuff. A lot of them, for me, uh, as much as it's kind of, what ended was the season seven, but kind of what also ended was the series as a whole. And a lot of the things I thought about were kind of the series as a whole. I think when we discussed the finale, we were very much, I mean, we talked about it the day we saw it. It was very fresh. You know, there wasn't as much um, hindsight. We didn't have time to contextualize it with the rest of the show we've been watching. It was a lot of better. And it was a lot of better anticipation too, of, you know, Mm -hmm. what we thought we were going to get. And then, coming to terms with were we happy with what we ended up getting yeah as opposed to you know taking a a, a couple steps back with it yeah and so a lot of the stuff i want to talk about i guess is in terms of the show as a whole now that we know that it's over now that for the first time in eight seven or eight years it's actually over there's no real like, oh, they're gonna maybe they'll continue. Maybe it's you know it's pretty definitively this was the finale. Is and it so though? with that in mind, well, and considering that it's also just it's an interquel, you know, it's always been something that was going to be continued elsewhere. You know, there's we already know where it goes with Revenge of the Sith and stuff, and it's had 
it is it has been unfinished for a majority of the time it's existed, right? I mean, it aired in what 2008 or something like that. So I mean, 12 years it was on the air for five years, and then for seven years it was sort of like, well, we're gonna do some stuff on Netflix. Maybe we'll do some stuff here. So I mean, for most of the time that the show has been a thing, it's been sort of unfinished. Uh, now that we kind of have, like, this is a series finale. This is the end of the Clone Wars. We've seen Darth Vader. Nothing really symbolizes the end of the Clone Wars quite like seeing Darth Vader. Does it feel finished to you? And this is not a question of quality so much as just a, you know, a question of curiosity. Like, does it feel finished? Does it feel done? Um... Or in the back of your mind, are you like, hmm, but what about this? And maybe one more episode here? It's so as a fan, one more episode for a bunch of things. (laughs) But that's that's just a a mark of the, you know, enjoying the characters themselves. So it's, it's kind of like you have to realize that there is a budgetary constraint and, you know, certain characters cost more to animate than others. So. Ideally, you know, I want to know what's happening to a bunch of different side characters. There's things I want to know about yeah. Ahsoka. Oh, and just like a score of different Jedi. Um, oh, yeah. But if the story is Rex and Ahsoka um, and that's the end of their characters, I'm happy with that. I, you know, want to know more of what happens to them post order 66 but then that's an entirely new series um so i'm i'm i am um fine with how it ended i'm i'm satisfied with what ended up happening yeah i mean i'm through the moon with that finale it i, I couldn't be happier um and i mean i really i mean we talked about it a little bit last week but just that that ending is just haunts me and just uh like one of a movie that Summer of 2008, or getting towards the summer of 2008, uh, was like, I think when I kind of was like, oh, boom, and took my first steps into being obnoxious about movies, and the first movie I saw that I think really made me look at movies on on another level was No Country for Old Men, and a big part of that is the ending for No Country for Old Men, which is just this very quiet, super understated ending uh, that is, like, barely an ending at all. And I love it. I love those endings because I'm a goober like that. But uh, Clone Wars, very similarly, I think, had one of those. And now it's just, like, I don't, I can't, I can't imagine anything else. I can't imagine a follow-up because that was just, that was just, oh, man, haunts me. It haunts me. Like a ghost, and I can't imagine a ghost living on. You know, it's good. It, it felt it felt very done to me. That's like the combination. Well, that's what a ghost does. It lives on, haunted. Yeah, by... but like a ghost doesn't grow up. You know, like Casper the Friendly Ghost. Casper Friendly Ghost is never going to go through puberty, Pete. Um. Yeah. I mean, I guess that's a terrible thing to not go through, to go not be able to go through puberty. All right. Um. Cool. 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 Um, I just don't have anything to add to that. <laughs> uh, so what, uh, let's see here. Um, the other big thing I, I kind of try to think about was I try to remember the first time I watched the Clone Wars, 
And the actual first time I watched The Clone Wars, I'm not going to count because I was at McDonald's and it was just on on a TV. And it was the episode, it was like episode four or something where Plo Koon and those guys are flying through some nebula and there's giant stingrays in it. And I remember thinking, oh, okay. But like I, the first time I like sat down and watched Clone Wars was I ended up buying the Clone Wars DVD because I started building Star Wars Legos and it just really whet my appetite for more Star wow. Wars. And I was like, well, Clone Wars seems lame, but it's the only game in town. And so I watched, I watched the movie and I watched it like over and over again, just like building Legos and watching that movie. And I think about like where I was then. I think it was my, the summer after my first year of college and I was building Legos and I was a swim coach and I had never, truly never heard of a podcast before and just hanging out in my parents' basement over the summer and then, you know, last episode of Clone Wars, out on my own, kicking it, have my own podcast, middle of a pandemic, what a world. Do you remember where you were when you first started watching Clone Wars, how all that so, went down? Um, for me, you know, we came into Star Wars differently because my family are a bunch of nerds. Um, so, like, I grew up with um, episode four, five, and six v- um, VHS um, tapes, and they would just be in the background mm-hmm. um, with my mom not wanting to deal with um, my siblings and I. She would just put it on. We'd watch it. Um, I don't distinctly remember where I was when I watched Clone Wars proper, but I do remember, Mm -hmm. um, being like 12 or 13 and watching the Samurai Jack Clone Wars. Um, because, Mm -hmm. you know, you would, you would sit yourself, it was always at like eight o'clock or seven o'clock or something. And I would like reserve time on like a secondary TV in my family's house. Um, so I would never be able to reserve the, the big TV to watch it (laughs) because my, you know, there's so many competing interests in, in terms of viewing, but I would just be like, I, it was like in my parents' room there, they had like hardwood floors and like the TV was one that was on like a dresser. So like I'm craning my neck to watch, all of these like people, you know, just do, you know, OP um, Jedi stuff that, you know, is what I always wanted them to do. Um, and that kind of really whetted my appetite for that, which is why I ended up consuming, you know, the Clone Wars when it came out on Cartoon mm-hmm. Network. So, you know, I would watch it, um, but I distinctly remember those Fridays just, you know, craning my neck, leaning back, sitting down, watching those 10 minute episodes and being like, what did I just watch? Definitely. Good times. Yeah. For, for me and consider, you know, again, really trying to think about the show as a whole thing about where it was when I first encountered it and where I last encountered it. I also like, I didn't, I did not like to read as a child. Every now and again, I go through fits and spurts, you know, I'd read jaws or Jurassic park or the Meg, which was a book, thank you very much. It was a novel. The Meg, Jason Statham versus the Meg one, that's based on a novel, thank you very much. A novel of deep terror, in fact. The sequel's called The Trench, it's also very good. Uh, wasn't a big reader. I read the first Harry Potter book, and then I got into the second, and I was like, eh, it's dumb, I quit. 
Which and in 2020, that's actually very woke of you. Yes, I was very woke. Uh, I know a lot of people will talk about growing up with those books and how the books matured along with them, kind of, and got darker as they aged. You know, like people particularly of, of our age, I think, um, were able to do that. I think the last Harry Potter book came out like towards the end of when we were in high uh-huh. school or something like that. I only read all the Harry Potter books uh, like two years uh-huh. ago. Um, so I don't, I don't know that I necessarily have a barometer for my growth from like childhood into adolescence, but I do weirdly think though it is pretty much inarguably a kid's show that Clone Wars in a lot of ways it has been a barometer of my kind of post adolescence and like particularly going into college, leaving college, um, becoming hopefully a more, uh, in tune person with a finer tuned sense of mm-hmm. empathy, um, to people around him that are different from him and experience life differently and have different struggles and stuff like that. And I really, I, it, it is in a lot of ways, I think my Harry Potter, and it's a show, it, and it didn't necessarily grow up as much as the Harry Potter books do from the first to the last. It never gets, you know, Clone never goes full rated R. But I think, you know, even if you look from, you know, this most recent season and where Star Wars is now, where it's a much more diverse place and has certainly, I think, done a better job of that kind of thing, it's, it's also grown. And... Yeah, I don't know. I think I've learned a lot uh, just creatively from interacting with that show as my ideas about the world have kind of grown mm-hmm. up. And so, yeah, like I said, I think, I, you know, looking back on it, I feel like it is my own kind of um, adolescence to adulthood kind of Harry Potter. Interesting. But in a, but in a woke way. And that's... Th- it's it's also interesting that I think it's more of a relation of you aging into it as opposed to the content because it's not I wouldn't say that Clone Wars gets decidedly darker as you're going. I mean, it, there's little pockets of it here and there of you know seeing Anakin um, go you know a little bit dark side. We have the Mortis arc, etc. But it's mm-hmm. I wouldn't say that I'm like oh it's so much darker than it was in the first season or the second season. But that's also for me, I can't, I couldn't even tell you the beat lines between season one and season seven of like, what was the focus for Mm -hmm. each one? I'm sure like mall was the focus of one season and I'm I'm not realizing it. I view them more as pocket stories that are in between Mm -hmm. episode two and episode three. Yeah. And that's, I, you make an important point there that goes back to our conversation last week when you're talking about trying to pick out the story books between season one and season two. And I, I feel like just every time we talk about Star Wars Resistance that we're beating up on that show, I don't want that to be the case. But I think last week I harped on a lot about how I felt like that show never got its footing and never really decided or was able to decide what it was. And in thinking about Clone Wars, I have to say... When we think about, like, where Clone Wars ends, and that last arc of Clone Wars definitely feels like the end of Clone Wars, but the subject matter it's dealing with, very little of it is at the forefront in the first two seasons of Clone Wars. If Clone Wars had only been a two-season show, 
I don't, I don't know. I think I would have the same thing to say about it. I think I would also be saying, what was this show about? It just sort of showed adventures. I mean, I guess with Clone Wars being the first Star Wars TV show, even if it had only been two seasons, you could say, well, it expands on the universe. It shows you what a Gundark looks like. You know, it, it broadens the, the scope and kind of fills in some, some fun cracks here and there. But Clone Wars didn't, I don't think, come into its own until season three, season four, you know, when you start to really delve into um, the Mandalorian conflict a little bit, though that doesn't really, you know, season two, season four, are the big years, or season two, season five are the are the big years for that, you know, but the, and the mall stuff comes to a head and you get Ahsoka growing up and becoming a little more independent. You start to focus more on Rex. You get more time with um, Fives and Echo and all those guys. And yeah, I got, I, yeah, it, it made me, it made me, uh, it eased my conscience for saying what I had said about Star Wars Resistance. Because again, yeah, I, I think if, if Clone Wars had ended at season two, I would have a lot of the same complaints. And I think that yeah, it, it's, Resistance didn't have the time to really settle into a group like and Clone Wars. Another t- thing too is like Clone Wars, if it ended season two, like, Resistance knew it was ending, so it, you know, had to tail mm-hmm. end a couple things. So I think if you had done the last three episodes of s- season seven, threw them into episode two, I think that you would also kind of have um, some issues. But it's also it's it's hard. It, it's like yeah. comparing oranges to apples because you went and saw so many characters in Clone Wars and you gave them so mm-hmm. much room, you didn't go into great detail with, you point. know, any of them, you know, the, the awful... Right, an anthology versus a serialized type right. of... Right, and, you know, I think that if we had gotten another season or two of Resistance, we would have liked it more to, like, get more on Tam's background, get more on Niku, get more on Sonara, and, you know, gets mm-hmm. gets... Oh, we did not get enough on Sonara. I can't believe I didn't even mention Sonara in that episode. What a great character. Um, but as far as, you know, trying to connect A to Z, um, I think Clone Wars did better, although it's hard to compare them because it's seven seasons as opposed to two. Right. And I, you know, I will say, even through till the end, Clone Wars, pound for pound, with... Like any other, any other kind of Star Wars. Look, there's a lot of chaff. I, you know, the the ratio of weed to chaff on Clone Wars is is it's something. I love that show. It is arguably my favorite television show. There was even in this last season, there was that whole episode where they start out in the prison cell and then they end up in the prison cell, and like sort of stuff has changed, but it's like eh, that could have been, you know the opening act of an episode and stuff. So there, you know, I think Clone Wars will forever kind of have that reputation that I think fans like you and I can lovingly nudge it for, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, and so that brings me, like, speaking specifically of season seven, that finale was incredible. That finale is some of the greatest Star Wars I've ever seen. Uh, Clone Wars is my Star Wars. That last arc really just drove that home for me. But... Um, so with the Bad Batch arc and then the, uh, that Pike arc and how they fed into things was 
because you you made a joke about them being like, oh, they're gonna they're gonna announce the those Martez sisters spinoff now. But now I'm is like, is that gonna happen? But it really didn't make much sense. It didn't make much sense for them to put Bad Batch in that arc. You know, I don't know. I guess like it had nothing to do with any hanging thread, really. Mm-hmm. Nobody thought Echo was alive. That was the only kind of thing it addresses. So, but now we know it. Oh, also, nobody thought that the clo- the so. the droids were winning, right? Like that whole premise is like, oh, the yeah. droids know, like they're you know beating us into the ground because they seem to anticipate everything. And at very like at, at that point, it really didn't seem like the droids were winning at that point in the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there were I rewatched the first three seasons or so after the after the finale, and there are just like weird episodes where arbitrarily in the opening little dialogue they'll be like, Oh, the droids are winning real good. The the Republic is on the ropes. And you're just like, Oh, okay. I just know this because the narrator told me. Um I you know, going into that last season, there was stuff I had wanted to see. I knew I probably wouldn't get to see it uh you know capping both that thing i'll beat that dead horse until it's in the ground but well i mean uh, it's it's a strong i i I think you're gonna be pleasantly surprised at the appearance of cad bane and i i want to say solo or rogue one characters in bad batch i would be shocked if you know one or if not a combination of those characters were not in that show yeah, it seems like the perfect spot for it. Uh, but I, like I, I'm one. I it does make me. I get that we. It's it's important, I guess, that we see Ahsoka spend some time away from the Jedi Order. But I'm also just sort of a little chafed that they just make Maul escaping from the most powerful man in the galaxy uh, a one-off line in like three episodes into the finale, where he's like, "Oh, remember when you rescued me? Okay, good." Uh, I would have liked to have seen that. I've read the comic. I would have. I thought they should have addressed it in the show. Let's, it was weird. While it was we're, weird while we're piling on, um, I would have liked mm-hmm. the Asajj um, and, oh my gosh, what's that yes, in the Quinlan Voss arc where they like start dating yeah, and stuff? Because really, in terms mm-hmm. of Star Wars canon, the last we hear about Asajj is the... The trials, yeah, the the trials, and then she has a prominent role in the Dooku Jedi Lost book. Um, She is Mm -hmm. um, a a, a mainstay character going through all of that, although she's still under his um, tutelage during during that that book. So I would have liked that. I mean, we only see Quinlan Vos once. No, I know. Um, huge, huge bummer. And then you know, little Yanni, like, you know, little Yanni at that point is like what <laughs> five or something. So, um, yeah, yeah, five, That's five a good or point. ten. That's a very good point. Yeah, and so like I, you know, I didn't, I, I didn't have an issue with any of the arcs. I'm not hating on any of the arcs for this last episode. Or this last season of Clone Wars. Put down the haterade. Um, Put down the haterade. You know, there's, yeah, but there's stories that we know happened, and you know, whereas I, I definitely understand 
the from a story perspective why it's important for us to see Ahsoka away from the Jedi Order. I don't necessarily understand why it was important for us to see the Bad Batch, even though I I liked that arc. I mean, now I understand it wasn't necessary because it's essentially a backdoor. And pilot. also, but in in terms yeah, go of ahead. in in terms of these are the last episodes you get, so you would think that all of them would address the whole story, kind of. Um, and so I would think you know something like Maul's escape. You know, I get you know the Cad Bane Boba Fett thing. Okay, that really isn't. That's not what Clone Wars is about. Those characters were there. They're not what Clone Wars is about. Ventures and Quinlan Voss. We'd love to see that. I get that that's not necessarily what uh, the Clone Wars is about. I don't know. Though, I mean, Rex is, you know... I guess you get an arc with Rex, you get an arc with Ahsoka, and then you get an arc with them both, which has just dawned on me. And now that I'm thinking about that, that makes sense. I would have liked to, instead of Bad Batch, um, I guess you have to have what Ahsoka did before... So, like, even though I'm not a Martez Sisters fan, like, it has to be there. I would have also liked to see episodes with Obi-Wan that show his growing skepticism with Palpatine. Like, have season seven be different times where they're seeing that Palpatine is overstepping, is indicating that he is not going to be giving up power, because they kind of skip from, like, Oh, everything's fine. We're just doing these little mini adventures to, you know, episode three, like, oh, Palpatine's not going to give power. This is really bad. We got to figure this out. Yeah, it would have been cool to see maybe Anakin and Obi-Wan go off on a little adventure one more time. But I, you know, now, I mean, truly within the last minute, now that I'm thinking about the Rex and Ahsoka of it all, I guess I can wrap my head around why the episode's or the stories they decided to tell were, were the stories they decided to tell. Um, yeah. So I don't know. Season seven was, I think, true to form for Clone Wars, where some episodes it's like, eh. I, I, I mean, I have five other things I'd rather be seeing. But, you know, whatever Clone Wars chose to put up on screen, they always put their back into it. You know, I think a lot of times when I'm talking about Last Jedi, I talk about how... Uh, as opposed to like Rise of Skywalker, which I don't necessarily like. In fact, I don't like it where I, I don't necessarily feel like, I don't know, who do I, what do I know? Right. But it just, it feels a little sloppier. It feels like maybe there's some typos in your homework. Whereas with Last Jedi, you know, even if it's not what you love, I feel like the grammar's perfect. The spelling is perfect. They edited it. They re-edited it. They had it proofread, you know. And I think Clone Wars very similarly, you know, Sunny Day in the Void, you know, a bunch of droids and a slug man wandering around in a desert. Yeah, come on. But, you know, they really put their back into that little slug man and those droids wandering around in the desert. I mean, you know. So that work ethic was very cool, which kind of ties into, again, was thinking about, what I when I first saw the Clone Wars, when I last saw the Clone Wars, I kind of try to think, you know, I know Clone Wars is very important to me, and I always talk about how it's, you know, as a um, somebody pretending to be a writer and things like that, that it's it's had a big influence on me, and I try to kind of pinpoint what that stuff was, and I think the two big things I learned from Clone Wars uh, are I would say that watching bonus features and stuff for Jaws and Jurassic Park uh-huh. as a kid really kind of that that's how I learned that people make movies you know they they're a thing that's made 
It's not, you know, as a child, that logic kind of eludes you. So, you know, Spielberg movies really taught me people make movies. But I think Clone Wars and in watching Clone Wars bonus features and diving into all that and reading interviews with Dave Filoni and stuff, it taught me just how many people make a movie and how much passion goes into just the smallest things in a movie. You know, I think about, oh, making a movie, that means you build a big giant T-Rex. Very cool. But, you know, it also means somebody picked out, you know, Dr. Grant's hat and his little bandana. Somebody made that costume. Somebody picked out Jeff Goldblum's little black outfit that mm-hmm. looked so great in. And so it really taught me to appreciate more facets of storytelling in film for sure. But I think the other big thing that it taught me and a thing that I think makes it such an endearing show that, you know, I've encountered people our age, you know, adults just discovering the show recently and getting very into it. And I think it's able to have that draw to older people that aren't just children because uh when you're a kid show i think to touch on broader and scarier and more philosophical ideas you can't just have a cartoon character look a kid in the eye and be like let me tell you about existential threats Some you have to be subtler than that yeah, <laughs> well, except for the that. Except for that part. No you know, the part for the kids is the narrator mm-hmm. up front. But the part for the grown-ups is when Darth Maul looks around and realizes the Clone Wars have started, and you just see sad eyes. Uh, and so, like, a kid show has to be subtle. And I think hand-in-hand hand with that is a good show is allowed to be subtle. You know, to be subtle requires a certain quality of writing, a certain quality of performance, a quality of animation. And, yeah, the Clone Wars really nailed that. I think subtle storytelling is always more impactful. But if you're not going to put the time in and you're just going to be like, oh, subtlety means you whisper, right? In lesser hands, that ending, the, the series finale of Clone Wars, which I would say is a, is a very subtle, very understated ending. In lesser hands, that's just like, what are you doing? What is this? Why are you whispering? You know? But because of the caliber of creativity on Clone Wars, they're able to pull it off. To, to add to the adults binging it um, discourse, I would say that Clone Wars is the perfect binge show right now because a lot of people are intimidated about getting into Star Wars because there's nine movies, there's two spinoffs, and that's just hours and hours of your life. Um, because, you know, people sit down for a movie, so you sit down for two hours of a movie. You don't, you know, go through that. And you might binge more than two hours in a day. But Clone Wars has the perfect, you know, here are two, episode, two three episode arcs, here is a pocket that if you watch this, um, you need very little information beforehand to have this make sense. And they do recaps. They have morals of the story. They're nice little mini adventures that add up to a big moment in season seven with Ahsoka and Rex. But it's something that you can casually mm-hmm. watch as you're doing other things, too. And that's kind of, the you know... I don't know if you want it. If you're a viewer that wants to have this definitive thing where you're fully locked in the entire time, I don't think Clone Wars really is that. I think Clone Wars is more of like a fun adventure that you can tune in and still enjoy and still watch um, a lot of the arcs. Like the um, 
what is it? Darkness on Umbara, Darkness of Umbara, the Umbara arc. Like I'll, mm. I'll, I'll, I'll yeah, still enjoy good. watching that for sure. Um, you yeah. know, the droid stuff, I'm probably not going to watch, but I, I even watched the R2 when he gets captured by the junkers. Um, the, you know, I, yeah, yeah. Voiced by really? Ron okay, cool. Um, yeah. <laughs> but that just for me is a mark of a very well-made show. Mm-hmm. So I guess the last point I would make, and it's something that you made me think of with what you just said, and it's not really about Clone Wars, but pretend that, and you and I watch media very differently, and so I think I already <laughs> know your answer, but if you were if you were mind-wiped or whatever, and you lived in 2020, and you had never done Star Wars, Star Wars is just like, whatever, you know, I'm good. And then now, with 11 movies, uh, you've got a season of The Mandalorian, you've got seven seasons of Clone Wars, four seasons of Rebels, two seasons of Resistance, would you take that on? Or would you be like, eh, you know, I've gone this far. That's a lot to, to take As in. somebody that has binged Person of Interest, which was 100 episodes, for four, um, five seasons, um, f- 45 minute episodes as somebody that almost binged all of Star Trek, um, enterprise or whatever the show is, which is 138 episodes and yeah, next, next generation. generation. I, I ended up stopping that. Um, I definitely would, if I, if I was coming in, you know, tabula rasa blank slate, I probably would only watch the movies first mm-hmm. and then get into the TV show um, would be kind yeah. of my thing, but it would also take me a lot longer because I don't stop a movie. So, you know, if I'm going to watch episode one, I'm watching episode one the whole time. Whereas with TV, like, you know, right. hey, well, it's not now. just that, but like, you don't I don't respect the medium. the medium. The medium is trash. And if I get some, if I yeah, if I got something garbage. going on, like, oh, you know what? I'm gonna update my planner. Pause. Oh, I'm gonna get a drink. Pause. But ep- yeah. Okay. So um, that's <laughs> all we have today. Um, Josh, do you have any? Do you have any? F- oh yeah. No, that's fine. Don't ask me. Do you have me. any it's final fine. blows? It's fine. Don't ask me the same question I asked you. No, it's fine. Don't turn around on me. That would be bad podcasting. Well, Josh, what about you? If I were blank slate, I probably would end up watching the movies anyway. I just watched all five Rambo movies in quarantine. And let me tell you, two of them were fine and three of them were among the worst movies I've ever seen. So I'm pretty sure I would watch Star Wars. Goodbye! Oh, no, no, Josh, before you go, I want you to have the last word on Clone Wars. Josh? Oh, I already talked about Rambo. I don't know. I feel like I did a pretty good job of having the last word Um, already. Just take take what I said about it before that was so uh, long-winded and boring and uh, move it to here. All right. Well, if you want to get a hold of us, podcast at gmail.com. That's also our, our Twitter and Instagram handle. Later.